Hey. There he goes. You know, it just occurred to me. I don't think we've actually like chatted, chatted. Everything that we did, especially over the book, was on Twitter. Right. Yep. You are a complete standout. There has been almost no one I've done things in this order with ever. I, I, I kind of think of myself, I, the running joke with my neighbors is that we're all ordinary average guys like the Joe Walsh song. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, you know, and when you had said some comments about like, dude, this is like such an epic life. They should make a movie. I'm like, okay. Uh, I don't know. Um, hang on one <laughs> sec. Sure. Leading ground rule here is that any kids that pop in, we just deal with it and move on from there. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm just as likely to uh, have to introduce my son as well. So. How many you have? Just the one. Just the just one. one. How old? He's seven going on eight in January. Great, great age. Also totally impossible age. Um, the one that you just met is nine. And, and my oldest, the one who did the artwork, he's 11. I mean, I, I'm sure you can attest to like you blink and wait, how did they get so big? What happened? It's yeah. I think about it all the time because it's like, we're not doing the same things. We don't handle things the same way. It's, it's something new every day. And it's like, well, why is it something new every day? Oh, he's like this big kid now. (laughs) (laughs) The thing you got to remember, my brother-in-law is so good at reminding me this, that their prefrontal cortex is still practically non-existent. So (laughs) not even started. (laughs) I want to see what happens when I put this fork in the electric socket, or I thought it was a great idea to paint the cat red. (laughs) (laughs) Super counterproductive instincts for some time. So uh, that's fine. It's, it's all discovery trial and error. So how's it going with you? How'd it go with the book? My goodness. So I uh, actually, there's been a little bit of development recently because I just uploaded a new, uh, a complete new layout for the book using Reedsy. So I made some corrections that came in, uh, mostly like formatting stuff and the footnotes didn't work quite the way I wanted them to, to begin with. And like all that is fixed. So it's finally in its, what I think is going to be its final form and it's looking better than ever. And the book bundle that, that I did in what January went really well. It, It took lifetime sales up to like, probably over probably a little under a thousand, which is nice. Yeah. I mean like for, for a first timer with a spinoff podcast thing, no idea how it was going to go. I'm thrilled. I'm thrilled. Uh, it's awesome. It's awesome. Um, like previous to, to the book, um, a buddy of mine back in New York also started his, his book writing journey. And he approached me to do the cover which I was, of course, you know, absolutely, you know, flabbergasted and flattered. And I, I just kind of whipped up a drawing in a day. What he just reached out to me to say that the audiobook version was just purchased. And he kind of like insisted that my cover stay with it. So it's just like, everybody I know is doing books. This is so cool. <laughs> Everyone's doing great. Yeah. <laughs> like that's, I love that feeling when you can look around at people you're kind of networked with and stuff and everybody's just taken off. What a, what a nice time. So yeah. that's been... Great. I guess we should officially get started. So um, for one thing, anybody who doesn't know who you are at this point, I'm a little hurt because that means they haven't checked out the book, but that's okay. Uh, Why don't you let listeners know who you are and what you're working on? All right. Hi, my name's Thomas. I'm a stay-at-home dad, and I'm making a VR game based on the drawings of my son. He's on the autism spectrum and doesn't talk a lot, but loves, loves, loves drawing. And what we're making is kind of a third-person platformer, all based on on, uh, my kid's imagination. And it's centered more around exploration and solving problems and making friends as opposed to combat and and fighting and, and what have you. And the idea is that if this game takes off in any measurable way, I want part of the proceeds to go to autism awareness and acceptance. And if it really takes off, I want to develop a, a companion app for smartphones and tablets. So a parent could potentially like take a picture of their own kid's artwork and the app would cut it up, rig it and animate it. So a kid could play their own drawing in game. I love that idea. I, I was so excited the first time I heard that idea. And I, I hope, of course, I hope the game takes off, but I hope no matter what, I hope you pursue that because it's a fantastic thing. And I know a ton of people would use that. I'm sure people are asking about that just as much as the game, right? Oh, yeah, certainly. Um, a lot of times when I've gone to uh, like the game dev expos to show uh, what I've, I've been working on, 
I'll get a lot of kids who will actually come back with like a drawing, like here, I drew this and could you use it? And of course I'm, I'm melting down inside, but I'm also saying, okay, my internal lawyer is saying, no, don't you dare take that because <laughs> no, it somehow ends up in the game. You're going to be sued for a bajillion dollars. Um, but yes, there's so many people that I've met, especially uh, at, at these game dev expos who, you know, they've got a kid, uh, a cousin, a nephew, somebody who they know is on the spectrum and they feel just appreciated that somebody out there is acknowledging that these people aren't just disabled and put into a, a category, a box that people with a different ability can contribute. And uh, I kind of like trying to bust out of that kind of Rain Man mythos that, oh, well, he's some sort of math genius. He's not. He's just a kid who <laughs> likes to draw and play video games. But I still think he's got something to contribute. Um, one of the stories that I've really, really, really uh, like touched me was the last uh, Game Dev Expo I did was the Cleveland Gaming Classic last year. And there was a, a girl, obviously on the spectrum, probably a tweener, and um, she was so like low functioning, could barely move without assistance, obviously had like headphones and could barely like be functional in, 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 in the world. And her dad brought her over, helped her sit down. And because um, she was so challenged, she wasn't able to like work even a, a simple Xbox controller. So I said, well, put the headset on her and, and you will control it while she can see what you're doing. And you now obviously the girl couldn't even talk, basically could make a few sounds, but I could see the smile. I could hear just the joy in her voice of seeing this world and knowing that it was created by somebody like her, I think made a difference, even though I had no way of communicating, you know, this with her or getting that as, as, you know, her limited ability to, to communicate. But I feel deep down inside that, that we had a connection there, that, that she felt something, I felt something, and we both were better because of it. And yeah, it's, it's one of those things that, you know, I'm, I'm trying to, you know, maybe clean my headset and it's dusty in here, man. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, you know, the, the, the things that you see, um, when, when you start something like this, it just, it, it suddenly becomes bigger than me, the, the, you know, beer swilling dad, who's, you know, yelling at his kids for spilling cookies on the floor. <laughs> it's uh Ooh, yeah. The emotions uh, that's gotta be, I'm sure it never gets easier dealing with like, you know, things that touch you or challenge you around this. I mean, this is because uh, this is your life. This is your family. And uh, these are the people connecting with you that are going through the same thing. Surely that never gets easier. I mean, yes and no. Certainly as I'm watching my child grow up, he's, he's 11, he's going into middle school next year and he's now moving away from the school that he's known for the past five years. Um, obviously with uh, the spectrum disorder, new things aren't exactly easy. Yeah. Um, so obviously new school, bigger kids, a uh, different environment, possibly louder, which is always uh, an issue for him. But in a weird way, this project has brought together so many people. It almost gives me like a little bit of, of encouragement because you know my wife helps give me uh, plot details or ideas. Um, my youngest will will do sound effects. My brother does like the narrator voiceover. Uh, his his teacher from the school that he just left had me come in for a special day to show his entire class what Nathan was working on. And, and because of that, every time I see one of his classmates, he's like, you're Nathan's dad. You're the one making the game. And how's it going? And it just, it's building a sense of community that I feel like I can help build for not only my own child, but other children like him to say, Hey, you know, we can be all this together and, and help each other. And oh my goodness. I, I, I think like 25 year old me back in the past is like, when did you get so like sensitive? Yeah, who who is this guy? Yeah, who's this guy? Yeah, we we rise to the challenge as best we can when things like this come up. It's really it's a really touching and incredible story, and I I want to make sure we don't uh, skip sort of how you got this started because it 
it's you guys are as a family are kind of a well-oiled machine now but this all kind of happened uh almost by accident or at least by discovery and by surprise right totally um i had you know been a stay-at-home dad since you know 2011 and um you know i used to be an avid gamer used to love spending hours just you know drinking beers playing team fortress 2 having a good old time and you know when the whole dad thing started i I began to realize like there's no way i could spend you know six hours playing games at night i i could barely squeeze in 30 minutes i'm so busy so i kind of shifted from quantity to quality and i kind of wanted more and more and more out of my gaming experience and i kept hearing these rumors about well, this is this VR thing that that's coming along. And uh, just about that time is when the DK2 dropped. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, didn't, I don't know if we've ever talked about it, but I also do art on the side. And I was lucky enough to sell a couple of paintings, got the DK2, put it on. And I'm like, wow, this is just mind blowing. And as an artist, as um, uh, I guess an empathic person, the ability to step into something that that encompasses you is just so compelling. I instantly said, I want to learn how to make stuff for this. Mm-hmm. So grabbed a copy of unity started just soaking up everything that I could while I'm, you know, holding a little kid in my arms practically and just started trying to make whatever I could. My, my first instinct being a, a, a native New Yorker um, was just how bad, like the homeless situation is, was, you know, is, is going to be. And I wanted to be able to put a person in another person's shoes. Like, what would it be like to be a homeless person? And so I said, I want to make a subway and you're going to be a homeless person and you're going to be, you know, kind of begging for change. And of course, all the, you know, NPC characters would just be absolute schmucks and cuss you out and just, you know, treat like we treat homeless people just so people could see. And of course, as a first timer, I am scoping way too big. I can't do anything other than get some art assets together and like, all right, we got to start from scratch. We got to learn how to do things, you know, from the ground up. And that's when I discovered I still hate coding, (laughs) (laughs) like in a huge way. And, you know, I I have to admit, I'm, I'm probably, you know, at that age where I should be concentrating on like you know, improving my golf game and and drinking (laughs) scotch with my buddies instead of like learning a brand new technology. But I started coding back in high school in the 80s, basic programming on a green CRT in a Catholic high school with, you know, Sister Mary Beth slapping my fingers with the ruler kind of thing. (laughs) And I knew that I'd, I'd get a headache after 40 minutes every single time. And that stayed with me. But then I found this thing called Playmaker, which was just like, here, make like little bubbles of instructions and connect them together, kind of like a flow chart. And as an artist, this is like, oh, wow, this works for me. So a local game dev group had a um, kind of meet and greet and let's teach each other things. This wonderful instructor, Bill Wetzel, who's out at uh, Tri-C, the local college, um, had this let's learn how to make an infinite runner game kind of thing. And I just, t- I took his little course in an afternoon and just <sighs> opened up my brain. I'm, I'm just soaking in all this information. And as I'm tinkering with this stuff, you know, I've got two kids at this point um, and they see daddy with the new toy. They're like, here, let me try it. Let me try it. And I'm just getting frustrated. So um I just had slapped one of my kids' drawings on a character controller, put the headset on a kid and just kind of stormed off to go like clean the bathroom or something. (laughs) Just, you know, get out of that space because otherwise daddy gets... And um, about 10 minutes later, I realized I'm hearing like this hysterical laughter. And all these kids are doing is just walking this character off the edge of the plane into the void and they find it hilarious. So, okay, I put on the headset And I look around and I see the character and I'm like, this is super cute. Oh my goodness. (laughs) So I tinker with it and I cut it up and I rig it and I animate it. And it's suddenly this thing comes alive. I show it to a couple of buddies and they say, this is different. Run with this, go just do something with this. And I just, you know, would get up at five 30 in the morning, (laughs) 
do a little bit of work before everybody wakes up and okay, get the wife off to work and get the kids ready for preschool and things like that. And, and take a nap and just would do it whenever I had a few moments. And then, uh, out of the blue, yeah, I was in this little Cleveland local game dev group. A guy reached out to me and said, Hey, do you have anything to show? We have this, uh, this, uh, thing called GDEX, which is a conference down in Columbus. And my guy just ducked out. He just vanished on me. If you've got something to show, I can give you free booth space. <laughs> I'm like, I'll darn well better have something ready. <laughs> so I slapped together a little demo, went down and had the most amazing weekend of my life showing this game. And it's just been kind of snowballing ever since. Um, that is up until COVID hit. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was scheduled to show uh, my demo at the Cleveland International Film Festival, which my game dev conferences had maybe 5,000 attendees. Film festival is supposed to have 100,000 attendees. <laughs> yep. And right before that, I was supposed to do a radio interview. And I, I thought, this is it. This is, you know, we're, we're aiming for the big leagues here. And COVID hit and they canceled everything. And I just got into a real depressive. I just don't want to look at it. Funk. I don't want to think about it. I just want to deal with, you know, kids are home from school, wife's home from work and nobody could be on the same floor. So I'm literally running up and down three floors to provide <laughs> snacks, tech support, and um, basically keep the household running because the stay at home parent, that's your job. You know, you got to, got to quarterback all these people. <laughs> so, um, after a while I started to kind of come out of it a little bit and I applied for the Oculus Launchpad program and I surprisingly got in it. Now, bummer again, before COVID Oculus would fly you out to San Jose, put you up in a hotel for a week, give you an intensive week long training course. No, we had to do it all by Zoom, but still <laughs> I got in, it's on the, the, the resume and it kind of got me back working on it. And uh, as of the past couple of months, um, I've been trying to, to actually secure funding. And I'm coming to the very rapid realization that, yeah, the people who write the checks aren't going to just give a whole bunch of money to a guy who's never published a game before. <laughs> so Fair, yeah. I'm currently working on a, a mobile game using the same characters. I have all the assets and I thought, let me just put together something that a might be educational, might be fun using the same character. So I can start a franchise. And that way, when I go to these game dev expos, people are like, this is great. How can I help buy my mobile game? It's like three bucks and, you know, tell your friends and I can start earning off of my game development stuff. So I basically am just using Booper in an infinite runner and you pick up letters and spell words. And I'm getting fairly close to like that really good solid alpha uh, testing phase and fingers crossed that, you know, before too long, I'm hoping before the end of the year that it'll be released and I can start pimping that out and start raking in some money because I'm finding that it's a big job to make a game. Oh my goodness. <laughs> right. um, one of the, the people that I met in um, the, the Launchpad program is a professor out here at another college. And she actually hooked me up with an intern. And yeah, it was a total like out of the blue. She said, you know, you interested in having an intern? I'm like, uh, I got zero money and even less time. How can I ever? And she said, just talk to him. Really sweet kid. Really just ambitious. And all right, I sent the guy an email and kind of said the same thing. Like, I don't have any money. I don't have any time. And this kid just kept emailing me back. Like, here, let me just give you some, some, some thoughts here. I've seen your game and I like this. And I know that you, and this is the best part. It's in writing. I know you don't have any money. He just wants to actually get the chops to work on this. And this guy's been amazing. He thinks of things that I just never would have and just absolutely blows my mind that you know, I'll give him a few drawings and okay, he, he'll model it and then he'll rig it. And then his animations are just top notch. 
Like he, he had almost like a minor in, in animation. And it's this realization. I need a team. I, I really need to, to take this up to the next level because you know, I, I can do so much, but having a creative person to bounce off of is really the, the epitome of, of what makes something work. Yeah. That's, that's really so cool because I, I would have done an internship like that in a heartbeat, you know, mm-hmm. when I was coming up and sort of going through college and all that transition, but this, these sort of rogue indies, we were at a low point for that because I mean, you had like the nineties and earlier when shareware was still fl- flying around on floppy disks and stuff like that. Things, I feel like things kind of dipped at, at a certain point and that's about when I was in college Mm-hmm. And now we're going up into a point where I feel like it sort of fits again. I'm surprised I don't hear about more of that. Um, I, I would tell people listening, like if you're, if you're not in a position to start yourself, yeah. Offer to help out somebody else like that. That seems like a great idea. I know. And the one thing that really worried me is just about when that whole people were talking about salary industries and don't ever work for free. And your time is the most important thing and get your worth and things like that. So me having to tell somebody like, look, all I can offer you is mm, uh, a little bit of experience. I, I felt like kind of a schmuck for doing it, but he just honestly was so eager and it's incredible. Cause I, distantly remember being, you know, younger, full of drive, full of just this, I want to soak in everything the world has to offer. He was using Unreal. He was using Maya. He was using completely different stuff from what I'm using. Mm-hmm. And he basically just said, okay, give me a list of all the software you use and I'll go learn it. <laughs> okay. Um, wow. Um can I have some of this like intensive energy? <laughs> right. uh, you know, you know how it is with kids. If you, you're trying to study something or trying to just, you know, pick up a little bit of information, you've got that little voice in your head. Can I have a snack? Can I have a snack? Can I have a snack? <laughs> Leave me alone. Two minutes. I'm trying to learn. Yeah. Yeah. And the truth is there's sure. It'd be nice to pay somebody like that. I wouldn't be able to do it either. Like if, if the podcast had an intern, I'd probably ask to borrow money from him. Uh, <laughs> but it's when somebody's that good and that motivated, there's no stopping them. Like once this is done and this is on the resume and it's another thing to look at in an interview, like, you know, that person is going to do fine. And that's you. You can't you can't teach that part. We we were talking about this in the car the other day, my wife and I. And I said, you know, in, in my field, I don't feel like. She brought up the topic of work ethic. She's like, well, you have a strong work ethic. And I said, I don't really look at it that way. I have motivation. I'm obsessed with this stuff. And that's that's all it is. I feel like at the end of the day, nothing is going to stop you from doing the thing you're that passionate about. I've got other things I would like to do, mm-hmm. but I don't have that same obsession with it. Like I, I may never get to cut my own album or something. But if I, if, if I felt about that, the way I feel about this stuff, I probably would be doing it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just notice the, uh, the guitar behind you. It's a, it's a beautiful thing. Oh, it's new. I, I love this. My, my special bass here and I'm, I'm not very good with it yet, but I'm learning. (laughs) So. I mean, the bass is, is, is kind of like if I, I have zero musical talent whatsoever, but the bass would be after watching Scott Pilgrim, I totally would do bass. Yeah. It's uh, I've, I just connect with, with bass players and I've played drums since I was a kid, but like, I was always like, I want to do more. I want to play, you know, melody and, you know, back up a band somewhere and and learning bass has been a ton of fun. So you're working on a mobile game now to help with funding. This Mm -hmm. of course will set, Unfortunately, it'll set the the proper game back. But I was thinking about this, and if it's delayed too long, you'll just have a video game with artwork by a man, and that's fine. Most video games are just like that. You know what I mean? Oh my goodness, <laughs> <laughs> that's right. a joke, of course. But I mean, like, how far back do you think that kind of sets you now? Um, the mobile game actually hasn't set back a lot. Like, I started this in earnest uh, last October. And it was just more or less, I have the advantage of having an absolute ton of assets just ready to go. And since I'm doing, uh, pardon me, mobile, it's 
much less intensive. It's for a much smaller platform and less complicated. Once I got down the hook that I wanted, the the actual you know uh, core gameplay, which is just basically copy an infinite runner. Uh, the 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 rest of it was just trying to figure out. Okay, how do I take these letters and make that a variable so I can combine it into a string and check it against a list of words? And then it's become just more of that refining the idea thing that, okay, now that it's ready in, I guess, a playable state, it's just getting it to a place that I can say, here, let me shove it to a couple of play testers and just get something out. I'm not looking for um flappy birds or or the uh pokemon go level of i'm just looking to have something out so once that's done um obviously i'll have to take a little bit of time to to deal with you know tech support and things like that but um i could at least say i've got something published and use that as the springboard to to keep going with with the main game I guess, despite the setback, there's always some work going forward on the main game, whether it's my intern who's who's been like amazing or just like, OK, I'm bored. I've got five minutes. Let me just make a quick asset here. Let me just record the kids playing and if I can sneak up on them with my cell phone and maybe listen to them make goofy sounds that I'll, you know, I'll run through a couple of audio filters. and Hey, I've got some sound effects. Um, the, the guy who did the, uh, the first tree had an amazing YouTube talk and he said, never have a zero day. And that's what I'm aiming for. Okay. My, my movement forward might be millimeters, but I am still working that little bit towards it every single day. And if he is a teenager, when it comes out, that's okay. (laughs) If he's you know, ready to vote or, or to start his, you know, career. That's okay too. And, and, you know, one of the things that I tell people is that even if this goes absolutely nowhere, I put it on steam and I get 10 sales and that's it in 20 years, he can pick up the old headset, dust it off and say, Hey, me and the old man, we made this. And that's something that's, that's forever. It's, wow. it's a long-term family scrapbook of sorts. I mean, that's fantastic. It's like that box in the closet where we put, you know, our son's drawings. So we, you know, they don't get thrown out or whatever. They're all in this special place. This special place is a cool playable game in your case. I, yeah, regardless, uh, you know, success is probably measured differently for you for this, right? Uh, yeah, it might also require adding a whole new addition to my house because when you said, you know, that closet where you stick the kids' drawings, I already have, and I think it measures close to about 24 inches high, but a stack of sketchbooks, 18 by 24, that he is just filled. and. <laughs> Every six months or so, we're buying more and more and more. So, yeah, I, I, I might have to, you know, either carve out a special spot in the garage or, oh, kitty hush. Sorry. <laughs> I've got a very insistent, needy cat that, that is demanding attention because as soon as I'm not paying attention to her, then she will sit here and meet Al and you are out the door. Thank you. You would be stunned how many guests I meet their cats. Um, my My favorite was the... The guy, who, uh, Troy Denning, who wrote one of the Halo novels, I met mm. two of his cats during our interview, and that went on the official Halo website later, <laughs> which was hilarious. <laughs> I mean, since you're doing audio podcasts, um, I'm assuming if this is live video, then I, I really didn't have time to make myself pretty. But um, the uh, thing is watching my wife work on Zoom all the time. The number of times her trainees have seen my cat's butt is just, it's, you know, <laughs> exponential. I, I don't know how, how the cat knows, but she's like, oh, we have an audience. Here's my touch. <laughs> <laughs> my, my friend Matt, who comes on occasionally to do like ad reads and intros and outros and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. we, we do video back and forth also. And mm-hmm. his dog's butt is perpetually aimed directly at the camera. I've never seen anything like it. Like, I know this dog doesn't know what she's doing. Like, why mm-hmm. are you doing like, How is this happening? So oh. did I see, right, that you're also kind of dabbling in some game dev stuff? Yeah, so my history with this is 
I started like I, I was a I was a programmer before I was anything. I I learned code as a thirteen or fourteen year old out of old outdated books from the local library. And mm-hmm. as soon as I could do it in high school, I did it. That sent me to tech school, and then I worked in not games because this area you basically can't. But uh, I, I worked in professional software for more than ten years. Mm-hmm. And um, when my son was born, and I became a stay at home dad. I, that's when I went indie, quote unquote, did my first, my first mobile game. And, um, I mean, honestly, something that drew me to your story was the, the really strong similarities to my story where I, I was a new stay at home dad and I, the things that were important to me changed. You know, I wanted to do stuff that my son would like, whereas I might've wanted to make the next grand theft auto at one time. I thought I'd honestly rather make something that helps my kid that he can, poke around on the, on the tablet or the phone with, and maybe he could learn something. That's what I did. I haven't done a game release since then, but, mm-hmm. um, that's, that's always been very important to me. And it's why I'm able to stay up with it. Cause I'm, I'm tinkering with this stuff, just like everybody else trying to figure out like, maybe I could do another mobile game. Maybe it's time to go after a PC release. Like what if I could do something on the Xbox? So it's, I have all the same frustrations and I wish there were just as many extra hours in the day. And most of the time, just like you, I'm looking at my son going, hold on, buddy. I'm almost done with my call. It's a lot mm-hmm. of the same stuff, you know, it's, it's incredible because yeah, you're, you're trying to do something here to help your child, but at the same time, they're also needing attention in that moment. And it's like, okay, What's going to better serve both the immediate and long-term development of my kid playing ball with him right now or doing this thing that could potentially have either, you know, financial or future, you know, impact on his his education or just something that that he'll remember you by. And yeah, trying to, to divvy up that time is, is a challenge unto itself. And then on top of that, you're looking at a, sink full of dishes and uh, yeah. laundry's piling up and a cat wants to just shove her butt in the <laughs> webcam while you're trying to make your, your, your ducats. And, oh, uh, yeah, you're, you're hitting Fun's on the big tight. issues tonight. Cause I, it's <laughs> like, if, if someone asked me for parenting advice now, I remember a lot of the advice I got before we had our kid, you're not going to mm-hmm. get as much stuff done. You won't see your hobbies as much. That all made sense. And yeah. it's all true, but if I really wanted to scare the hell out of somebody, I would tell them, tell, tell them the truth about like, you will spend an entire day with your kid and then you will not be able to sleep that night because you'll think of all the things I did with my son. Were they the best things I could have spent that time on that, that phone call I had to take that meeting I did the work I tried to do? Like, is he going to remember when mm-hmm. he's 25? Will he remember that? Like I want, I took the basketball to my dad and he told me he had to do like, it's torch. It's mental torture. <laughs> like I love him so much, but there is a real, like, you know, we, we have the same memories of our parents and the things we liked and didn't like and what stuck with us. I'm trying to outrun that stuff constantly. <laughs> oh, and of course. that's, that's huge for me. That's, that's a big, big factor in my day to day life. I don't know if that's normal or not, but I, I kind of think it is. I mean, certainly yeah, we're of an age that we were probably, the, the transition from the traditional dad goes to work and, you know, mom stays at home and raises the kids and that kind of thing. And dad does his, you know, button down or blue collar, whatever job comes home, drops the briefcase or lunchbox off and sits down to a nice meal. And our, our, our age demographic has kind of turned things on its head. Um, I see a lot of my dad's generation, when they hear that I've, I've decided to stop working and just stay at home, they had kind of that, well, I'm going to be a traditional guy and say, okay, well, I don't know if that's proper man's work, but there's also a part in there that says, I wish I could have done that. Yes. Yep. I mean, I see a lot of, I don't want to, you know, age them by saying boomers, for example, but that age range, um, they feel like they missed out on something because they invested so much in you know, their career or their golf game or whatnot that perhaps they realize maybe the kids don't call as much as they'd like, or they don't yeah. say, Hey dad, you know, I could use your advice about this thing. And 
I feel like, you know, doing this stuff with my kids. Okay. Yeah. Maybe I didn't handle it the best I possibly could today, but they're going to remember that I was there and that I was helping them. And when they see that I'm doing something like making a game, Oh, can I help pull up a seat, make a weird noise for me, draw me something (laughs) funny. And I hope I'm hoping beyond hope that that's what sticks and resonates. And, you know, when they go on to become dads themselves, they'll say, Hey, you know, this sort of thing really kind of stuck with me. Let me emulate it because I, I don't have exactly the best memories of, of growing up with my dad. It, it seems like he was busy after work and just wanted to, you know, watch the game and, you know, man, eh, don't bother me kind of thing. <laughs> and honestly, you know, I don't blame him. He was putting in 60 hours a week or something like that. Of course he was tired sure. and I was independent enough to like go entertain myself. So yeah, he had his space. I had mine, but there also feels like there's a disconnect. You know, yeah. I'll call him for, just say, Hey, how's it going? And this, that, and the other. And let me tell you exactly all those annoying things that I used to do. My kids are doing to me. So, you know, hope you feel good about that. And, uh, yeah, but I I see that there is definitely like a shift in, in the thinking, especially, you know, with stay at home dads, because I don't know if you, you read like a stay at home dad or parenting or anything on Reddit, it seems like there's still big swaths of the country where, you know, a stay at home dad is just kind of a, huh, what's this, you know, something wrong with you or that ain't right. Or that's not man's work. Yeah. And, and I see a lot of dads lamenting that they have no group. They have no, you know, people that they can hang out with, or they try to take their kids to the park. It's just a bunch of moms and they're looking at (laughs) "Hmm, what's this weird guy doing here. And why is he around kids? And it's just, oh, it's kind of sad. That's a, that's a real thing, which is so it's, it's stuff you would never expect, but I've, I've absolutely gone to the park and felt like uncomfortable. Like the pe- it's gone both directions. I've had trips where I was like, I feel like somebody's going to report me. Like there's this weird guy with this kid <laughs> <laughs> and, and I, I'm, I'm in Missouri. I'm not in the forefront, the forerunner state of understanding of uh, non-traditional <laughs> things. So, yes. but I've also been stopped by older people, people, I feel like you're kind of bringing up who will stop me and go, I just wanted to say, I, I think it's so great what you're doing here. And I'm just taking my kid to the park on like mm-hmm. a Saturday. <laughs> like I could be anyone. And they'll, I think that's just aw- like when I was pushing the stroller, I'd, I'd put on the running shoes, walk him down to the park on the trail. We'd do a lap around the park and just go back and some of, I think that's just awesome. And it's touching. And it's also really sad that that stands mm-hmm. out that much to me. <laughs> I, the, I don't um, love that. Yeah. The, uh, the one thing that I'm lucky about, cause you know, I'm in Ohio, not exactly, you know, the, the bastion of, of, um, uh, progressive thought, but, um, we are in an area that does bill itself as being highly walkable and has you know, a more hip trendy, younger, uh, demographic to it. And we have a, a program in our town that's called family room. And it's literally just where parents can bring kids to go play together and the parents can just kind of hang out and watch them play and, and connect with each other. And granted, I'm still like in the minority. I'm still just, you know, one or two guys, but everyone has been amazingly accepting and it's just a great resource that other parents can connect and share information and hang out. And I don't see a lot of towns having programs like this, which is kind of scary, but like you said, um, you know, just even walking with your kid in the stroller. One of my favorite stories is just, you know, I'm taking the kid to, to go to the supermarket. We need to go grab something to eat. And this little old guy, uh, I, I, he's probably the, the silent generation somehow still hanging on, probably a vet of six or seven wars. But, you know, because he's older, he's shrunk down, still wearing a three-piece suit with Ooh. his cane. Yeah, you know, he, he definitely, you know, was dressed the nines. But, but just stopped me out of the blue and said, son, I just got to tell you, I see you walking these kids all the time. I got to tell you, you're a good dad. 
Oh. And I'm just like, oh, I just want to give you a hug, but you're so old. I'm afraid I'm going to break you. <laughs> and it would just, it touched me. And it was like one of those things like, okay, kind of dusty in here, but I just, it stuck with me that somebody of a completely two different generations can acknowledge yeah, there's, there's hope for us. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, that's the thing is, is the people who get it, really get it. And they, they make life a little better. Uh, we could definitely fill two shows with all parenting talk and I'd kind of like to at this point, cause I'm enjoying it. We should probably talk a few more things for, uh, for the sake of indies and developers and everything. Um, one thing that strikes me about what you're doing is that success you're having, finding places to go, finding things to participate in, getting those calls like, Hey, there's booth space and stuff. Uh, to me, that looks like you're, you're putting yourself out there. You're doing that well. You're putting yourself in the right places with the right groups and stuff. But for people who are having trouble getting started in that area, like they're doing their work, they're having a little trouble getting the networking done and getting their stuff seen. I mean, what, what have been the, uh, the things you've picked up since you started? Um, I mean, you're old enough, you know, who Henry Rollins is, right? Sure. Okay. Um, in addition to obviously the, the whole black flag, you know, punk rock scene, you know, that he's also done some amazing spoken word pieces. Mm -hmm. One of the ones that has always stuck with me was that he had said, you know, when we were just getting started and we were just, you know, would get in the van and we would just go to the next show is that I would always say yes. You know, somebody says, hey, do you want to do like this movie screening thing? It's just a walk on part. Yes. You want to do this, you know, where you're talking about your book? Yes. Just keep saying yes. And yeah, it's obviously tough as as a parent and you have other obligations. But you know, like yourself, you said, hey, you want to do a podcast? Yes, I'm going to do that. Somebody says, hey, can you just maybe do something real quick, like a logo for me? Yes. I'm just constantly trying to do to create to get out there and it's kind of weird because things come organically um in the past you know couple of years i don't want to um say that that it's uh, a, a big factor in things but i've been on twitter and i i don't separate business or person and i probably should but I've been finding that as I'm mouthing off about political stuff, I'm getting more pickups. I'm getting more followers because I'm expounding my opinions about things than just here's my game and here's a gif I made of the thing that I just did. It's authenticity. Now, yeah. I, I, I basically just, you know, I don't want to say the buzzword, try to keep it real, but <laughs> I'm, I'm not holding back and being older, I feel like, yeah, um, there's there's that whole okay, you're you're no longer a spring chicken. You gotta you know roll the dice and go go big because you know your your days are limited, you know, both in day to day and your time here walking the earth. So don't ever just say oh maybe I shouldn't. I don't know if I'm good enough. Whatever you do it's never going to be as good as you want it to be. You know, you put out a book. I'm sure there's a bajillion things that you would still change to this day, right? Sure, yeah. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I mean, everything that I've done so far, I can look back and I could pull the old George Lucas and sit there and make as many bajillion re revisions as, as I possibly could. But there's times that, yeah, you got to put the book down. You got to just publish it. You got to get it out there. And the the thing that really kind of motivates me is you know, I wake up in the morning and I see my kid just sitting there playing a video game and man I just I want to inspire somebody's kid to wake up first thing in the morning and before he even has his you know Cheerios that he wants to play my game that he wants to say hey daddy look what I just collected in Booper look what I just did and I want to put my drawing in this game and yeah I'm not going to say no. It, <laughs> if, I, if somebody just walked up and said, Hey, I want to buy your whole thing, kit and caboodle for a million dollars, but you can never make another video game again, <laughs> do it, go right ahead. And, and I'm going to take that money. I'm going to run and go do something next because, um, I, I, I want to look back and, you know, my, my old folks home saying I gave it my all because, <laughs> um, 
you know, when, when the kids are visiting in me in the, uh, in my, uh, deathbed, so to speak, they're going to say, Hey dad, you, you really did your best. I know it wasn't easy. And I know that, uh, you know, you, you didn't always have the best day or you didn't have uh, the best attitude, but you gave it your all. We rarely think of it in the realest terms of like, we only have time to try so many projects. You know what I mean? Like we, if you think about it in terms of a game probably takes between one and however many years we routinely hear from people who go like, I, I wanted this to be a six month month project. I had to give up at five years in that's not uncommon. And if once you're talking about years, we only get so many and mm-hmm. who knows what that number is. And you said earlier that you uh, saw somebody have a talk about never have a zero day. That has been so big for me. I've, I, I had not heard it in, in those words, but I definitely did uh, some content of my own about staying motivated and really just connecting with that desire you have to do the thing day after day. Like it's, you, you are motivated in there somewhere, but it's a matter of finding the way to step by step, get this thing done. And I tell people that a version of that all the time, open unity, get your editor out. If that's the only thing you get to do, because we can get caught up in work the same way we get caught up in Netflix and uh, <laughs> hopefully occasionally cleaning the house and binging on whatever. Like we we can let time go by as we work hard toward our goals. So for me personally, that's something I recommend for anybody who has trouble with this kind of thing. Give yourself the opportunity to get caught up in your work the same way you're giving yourself a chance to get caught up on pro wrestling or whatever it is that you <laughs> watching the game, whatever it is that you like, like that's been a real big deal for me. Oh my goodness. Yeah. And, and it's, it's funny because you would mention that, Oh, I'd love to do, you know, two of these. Um, there's a couple of local podcasters, again, never saying no to, to anything, but uh, a guy that I used to work with back when I was actually a, you know, working stiff and, um, he's now a stay at home dad, very like active in the community and, uh, probably going towards politics uh, eventually, but he's doing a podcast with another stay at home dad and it's called better off dad. And it's just great. Cause it's just two guys talking about being dads and stuff <laughs> like that. And, uh, they said, Hey, you know, we know you're doing this thing. Come talk to us. And <laughs> unfortunately you can wind me up and just let me go. <laughs> and I will just keep talking a mile a minute. And, um, they, they basically just did this awesome chat with me and they came back to me later and said, we have so much stuff that we have to split this into two episodes. And it's <laughs> fantastic. We'll have to like probably wait a couple of years before we can get back to you again, because you're creating so much work for us, but it's awesome. <laughs> Your own season is maybe the most appropriate or a series of episodes. <laughs> Just for fun, I've got to ask you, as a trained artist across multiple mediums, is 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 it <laughs> I mean, obviously I know you're you're good and fair to your son, but is it difficult to like work with your child who's doing the art? Like what like what have we got here? I I'm kidding, of course. I know you love everything your your child does, but I mean are, are there challenges as a trained artist in terms of like perfection and things you want in and stuff like, cause I'm, I'm not, that's the one thing I'm not, I'm not a very naturally artistic guy. Yeah. It, it's funny because I have done this. Like I'm not above or beneath changing something that he's drawn to fit my needs. Um, there's times that, okay, I, I want like a pillar for a wrought iron fence and I want it to be brick and I want it to have, you know, just proper spacing. So when I do the UV mapping, it's wrapping nice and neat and this, that, and the other, there's no way he's going to draw me a perfectly, you know, tiling UV map. So I will say, okay, just here, here's a rectangle. That's a brick color it in. Okay, good job. And I'll Photoshop and maybe get rid of some extra (laughs) edges that he drew. And then, yeah, you know, I'll tile it nice and neat. So that wraps nice. Okay, good job. Or I'll take his um, drawings that I know he's just freehanding it, just loose and wild. And okay, 
we're going to use that warp tool in Photoshop to bend that line that should be straight because, you know, nature abhors a straight line. Man is compelled to it. But, um, you know, when he's drawing a wrought iron fence and, you know, one's perfectly straight and the next one's going. So, okay, we're going to fix that. Um, So, yes, I will obviously modify things. I try to use as much raw as I possibly can. Um, But it's just the the nature of trying to make something that's even consistent. One of the things that I'm struggling with right now is um, limiting my palette. Because, yeah, he's a kid. He'll grab any (laughs) color that he wants and this, that, and the other. And while it's awesome having, you know, 20 different variations of fuchsia, (laughs) it's not going to fit in with my black and white city scene that I'm trying to to do properly. So, yeah, okay, we're going to grayscale that. And um, I'll, I'll change as minimum as I can to keep it true to what he did but to get it incorporated into the world that I'm trying to develop. Um, and, and the same goes with you know, some of the sound effects that he's done. Um, he's prone to these odd bits of singing. And I thought these would be really, really good, like power up sounds. Mm-hmm. And okay. So we'll chop out this little bit and edit this and okay, we're going to maybe, and I I had to do this because there's some of his, sound effects that I recorded a couple of years ago as he's getting bigger, his voice is getting deeper. <laughs> yep, so, okay, we're going to bump that back up a little bit. So he sounds younger, speed it up a little bit. So it sounds, um, yeah, we, we've got to make adjustments as needed. You've got that classic Hollywood problem. Like the talent is growing too fast. You know? Yeah. Oh, my Macaulay Culkin is suddenly doing, you know, period dramas. And what am I going to do? See, I, I had a little bit of this problem recently. Like I discovered this sort of same thing about myself. Cause I told my son, if you draw anything you want, he's real into dinosaurs right now. We're going through that thing. I said, if you drew me some dinosaurs, I could show you how we could get them on the computer. I could sort of make pictures out of them and we could do something in, um, like I'm a blender guy. I, I told him we could do like little 2d cartoons out of them in blender. It'd be a really fun thing. And so he did, he drew, he's like, here, here is me and you and mommy as dinosaurs. I said, oh, that's beautiful. Show it to me. We'll, we'll take a picture of it and I'll take care of the rest. And I found myself recreating this stuff in uh, a vector art program so I could move those uh, shapes into blender. And I found myself going like, well, what is this line? This doesn't make sense. No, we're getting this out of here. <laughs> and I, I didn't think I had that in me. And I thought like, I love you so much, son. We're going to move this to an appropriate location and that's going to be better. And uh, so that that's my reason for asking. I thought it was a funny thing. Uh, oh, yeah. I, <laughs> and and so, he laughed too. He's like, did you change this? So I was like, yeah, he goes, that's funny. You know. <laughs> so what are you using? Because basically I'll take a picture of, of the kid's artwork, throw it into Inkscape and obviously trace it out in the vector, pull that as an SVG into Blender, extrude, boom. My mobile game that I did year uh, like four years ago now, uh, I was creating the art in Inkscape because mm-hmm. I love being able to push and pull something till it's right. Cause if I try to draw it, it's going to look just like his. And then mm-hmm. it wasn't what I wanted for that project. I wanted, uh, wanted a grown up art, art, you know, project. So, um, I actually moved to affinity designer at some point cause they had a sale where like I got it for, mm-hmm. I think it's normally like 60 bucks or something. I got it for like 30 or something like that. I love it. I love affinity designer. And so from there I was able to, to, uh, just, export uh pngs and cut them up in blender and it's been lovely uh, it's been easy oh I, so. i've been watching a whole bunch of blender tutorials about just you know importing images as planes and being able to you know loop cut it and extrude it and turn it into like an actual game environment so i have tons of paintings from like you know living in new york and things like that that mm-hmm. i'm suddenly converting into 3d environments and i'm like oh, this is awesome stop you're not working on the game. Put this aside. <laughs> oh no, this is a project. Get this out of here. Yeah, exactly. exactly. So what I've done is here, um, hold this up to the camera here. Uh, can we see it? No, the camera doesn't <laughs> want to pick it up. Um, but um, I've got some various buildings 
that uh, Nathan's drawn and I'm trying to cut them up into segments so I could do some procedural generation buildings mm. with nice. his artwork when, and see if I can do that into Blender and if I can pull that into Unity. Hmm, procedural levels. What can I get myself into trouble with now? That, I mean, that would be really incredible for him to look at later and go like, I created this limitless universe, you know? It's like, that, that's a really cool idea. That's extremely that's, neat. And, and, and you know as well as anybody that, yeah, it's the ideas because sometimes you're just laying there and like, oh, crap, I got to take the garbage out in the morning. But wait, there's this awesome idea that I could be doing and you know, try to write them down and try to take care of all these awesome ideas. And like you said earlier, we are limited by the time we have. Use it wisely. Right. If if it weren't for the ideas I had and the time I had to think my way through things, I'm not sure I would need to shower anymore. Like, I know oh. you're supposed to for cleanliness purposes, but that's my <laughs> thinking place, like big time. <laughs> um, one of the, the things that I've often said is, you know, I, I watch all kinds of stuff with the wife because that's like the few moments that we can sit down and do something together. So, of course, tore through like the whole uh, run of Down Abbey. And it hit me. It's like, this is how the British Empire conquered like three quarters of the globe. If I had a nanny to watch the kids and a groundskeeper and a chauffeur and a valet, I could conquer half the planet. It's all delegation. It's that's the entire thing. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> that's funny. Um, I can't believe how much time has gone by. So uh, before we wrap up, let people know where to look for your stuff. And uh, we are clearly going to have to do this again sometime. Definitely. Definitely. Um, I, Fletcherstudios.net. I'm at Thomas Kildren on Twitter, which is where I usually am spouting off most of the time. Um, I've got a uh, probably outdated demo on itch.io. If you just search for Booper and, uh, yeah, just Google Thomas Kildren. It's it's the, the only thing that's going to pop up. And uh, every time somebody in my network does this and they go like, I'm finally being honest about this and that and that. And if you guys don't like it, I'm sorry. You can mute me or unfollow me. I try to comment every time. No, this is the most I've ever liked you. Please continue. Please don't ever stop. <laughs> like people should should really like whatever you think. Just just out with it. Let's discuss. Let's be real. I'll I'll use the cliche. Let's all be real and let's uh let's let's think our way through some stuff, you know. Wow, certainly Mr. Mitchell, this has been fun. I just it, it really was a shock to realize that we did the whole book project or you know, my little bit of it um completely over just chatting on Twitter. Yeah. And and it's such a delight to like go back and read that because when you see your life being put in, and I love your style because you've got a very journalistic style, but it's always a little bit of a shock that, that Kildren this just did this thing. And I'm like, wait, that's me. <laughs> it's so great because it feels like a newspaper article about my life. And if you, you, you gave it an epic feel that, that I, uh, I certainly appreciate. My mother-in-law probably had a few raised eyebrows, but yeah, you know. <laughs> well, I appreciate you saying that. Um, I was very nervous about that chapter because as I put in the intro, it was a departure from the rest of the book. It mm -hmm. was the first time I had put together that kind of narrative. I had written articles like that before. This was my first time writing in that style in a book. And I look honestly going over your story. I thought this is the only way. Like this picture needs to be painted for the reader a little bit. Like your words about it, totally great. But I thought like there's a lot I could add, a lot of context I could remind people. Some people are are young enough that they weren't around for that. They don't have memories of the times that we discuss in the book. And if I yeah. sent you my actual note file on you, I think you'd be surprised at everything I compiled just out of sheer like nervousness to like really tackle that. So wow. yes, I've been through all your blog stuff. I've seen all your artwork you've put up. Like I, I had to get, I felt like I had to get that right. And I'm hoping I was close on it, but oh, it was, no, 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 no. it was fun it, to do. It, total flattery. Like, like I, I love it. It's literally uh, sitting here, prize spot on the bookshelf. And yeah, <laughs> uh, certainly I got a couple of extra copies to, to send to the folks and things like that. Um, and, and, you know, it's one of those moments cause it was right during COVID and when I was in a really, really kind of bad place and it was just one of those things that helped keep me going and I'll be eternally grateful for it. 
Well, uh, and, and I greatly appreciate, uh, your, your time and patience during that, that honestly, that book project was my way to cope with it too. And, and <laughs> we were all just getting through it any way we could. And I think a lot of it's, it's, it feels wrong to say a lot of good came out of it because like, we'll hopefully never live through anything like that again. But, um, the stories of people coming together and pushing ahead certainly give me a lot of hope, you know? Me too. Yeah, definitely. Me too. So let's do it again sometime and uh, everybody check out Thomas's work. And uh, I mean, best of luck with the mobile game and we'll be, we'll be keeping up with it and watching. Mr. Mitchell, it's been an honor. All right. If you enjoy Game Dev Breakdown, please follow or subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find more episodes at anchor.fm slash gamedevbreakdown. You can find news and other fun stuff that we do at codewriteplay.com. If you want to reach out on Twitter, you can hit up at gamedevpod, at codewriteplay, or me, Mechatodzilla, with one D and two L's. Feel free to get in touch about the show, guests you might like to hear, anything you can think of. If you're interested in my book, Inside Video Game Creation, that is still available just about everywhere, and there's a lot more fun stuff on the way. So thanks everybody for listening, have a good one, and we will talk to you very soon.